Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. So at the time of this recording, I am about to head out to my third weekend retreat. I am gathering with 12 women in Colorado, and we are doing a mastermind weekend together. We all own businesses, and we are all parents or soon-to-be parents. We are gathering for a Friday night, full day Saturday, and Sunday morning to brainstorm, to talk shop in terms of business, to cry over wine and coffee and tears about what all of this takes. And so what I wanted to do today in this mini episode is talk a little bit more about women's leadership circles and masterminds and why they're so important, how I've built them into my life. And then of course, the difference between building one yourself and a paid program. And I'll get into all of those details on today's episode. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. You know when you get an email and someone is like, yeah, let's meet. Does Thursday work? And you write back, actually, Friday's better. And then you end up in this kind of email back and forth that is never ending. And just when you find the right time, you realize that you accidentally overbooked that time because of some other email thread back and forth that took forever. Yeah, we have to stop that. Our friends at Acuity Scheduling are super helpful with this, and they are the sponsors of today's episode. So head to acuityscheduling.com slash startuppregnant, and you will get a free 45-day trial to check them out. As always, hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and if you have a minute to leave us a review, we would love that. If you need any of the show notes from the show, head to startuppregnant.com. So I want to talk about what a mastermind is and why it can be so important for your business and your work, especially if you're an entrepreneur or you work in a small team or if the nature of the work you do makes you more alone. So a lot of women that I know end up working from home or they're doing freelancing and they're putting things together and they don't have the benefit of an office environment or colleagues. And even in the working world writ large, there is sometimes a bit of frustration with having like good accountability and good feedback and good systems of leveling up even within the working world. So I have found in the last five or six years in my career that having people that hold me accountable and that are in a feedback loop with me can be a really, really important part of my success. So in today's episode, what I want to do is talk through why masterminds are so important and how they help you level up, like just from a big holistic perspective and talk about what they are. And then I want to talk about everything I've learned from starting masterminds, both unpaid ones that I've done, I've just built with friends on my own, and then the paid programs that I've led as part of my business work and my entrepreneurship journey. I have learned a tremendous amount. This may actually have to break out into several sub episodes because I get very I don't want to use the word neurotic, but maybe I'll use the word neurotic. I get very specific and particular about how things should go down, especially having done it for five or six years. I start to see when 
certain things become a problem. Like when you have scheduling overhead or too much back and forth, or it just becomes a nightmare with email or people aren't committed enough, and then you end up having a lackluster group. So let's dig in. First, why should we even join masterminds? What is a mastermind, Sarah? Why should I join one? How does it benefit me? I think that, well, I think a lot of things, (laughs) but let's first start with what a mastermind is. A mastermind, in very simple terms, is a group of people that come together regularly and they're dedicated to mutual growth and improvement. So Taylor Pearson is someone I know in New York City, and he hosts dinner meetups that connect a specific group of people, entrepreneurs and authors. And he's written a lot of blog posts about masterminds, and he describes it as a powerful way to solve problems and take advantage of opportunities in a way that an individual person can't. Also, as an aside, I am currently recording late, late in the afternoon, which I don't usually do. I usually record in the mornings, but I'm recording late in the afternoon. And that means there's like school buses and loud music and block parties happening outside. So if we have a little background noise, just say hello to New York City with me and we'll keep rolling. In 1727, so several hundred years ago, Benjamin Franklin created a junto or a club for mutual improvement in Philadelphia. The members of the group all, and this is a quote from Wikipedia, they all shared a spirit of inquiry and a desire to improve themselves, their community, and to help others. The common theme was that they had a dedicated purpose. They wanted to debate, exchange ideas. Napoleon Hill is the person who, in 1925, coined the idea of a master mind in his book, The Law of Success. He studied the habits of successful businessmen in the 19th and 20th centuries, and he realized that most of them had formed partnerships and groups that came together to learn, and that was actually one of the keys to their success. So a mastermind is a group of people that come together regularly, and they're dedicated to mutual growth and improvement. A mastermind provides space to unlock puzzles, to dig into challenges, to figure stuff out alongside other people. And I think for for entrepreneurs in particular, one of the hardest things, especially in the early days, is the psychological weight of being the key decision maker. Every decision you make, every metric, every progress mark, it all depends on you. So making really good decisions is your biggest priority. Figuring out on top of that how to organize your time, stay accountable, and make everything happen, all without losing your mind, can be really challenging, especially if you're also in the throes of new motherhood or new parenting, and you're trying to figure out how to make really good decisions with what feels like half a brain, or when you're sleep deprived, or when somebody is taking time and attention away from you. So for me, even more as a parent, not having people to talk to or not being in partnership with other people and not having community can be one of the hardest parts of getting through either business or parenting. So let's talk a little bit about structure. Now, each individual is focused on their own independent success. We're not necessarily coming together to solve a a group problem. That would be more like a charrette or a, a side project. If you're all coming together to work on something specifically for um, a common purpose, that's something different. 
Instead, you're each coming together for your individual success, but relying on the brain of the group to help figure it out. Benjamin Franklin, for example, his first group had five members. I recommend that you start it anywhere between four and 12 people. The sweet spot is probably going to be six people. If it's more than that, then you end up having too many cooks in the kitchen, not enough time for people to talk. You run out of time. The meetings have to go longer. And then scheduling, trying to find a common time for everyone to meet, scheduling can become a nightmare. Your group meets for a specific period of time for several months or up to a year. And I like to schedule regular calendar events to check in on a consistent basis. So one of my mastermind groups meets on the third Thursday of every month. There's usually some sort of facilitator or guide to take you through the process. And you want to cluster around a common topic or journey. So the facilitator or the guide is the person who's spearheading the project, the person whose program you're buying into, and the person who's responsible for organizing all of it. They may be the mental brain behind what it looks like and where you're going, and the secretary in terms of organizing all the calendars and making sure everything is running smoothly. The other part of having a group theme or a a common topic is you want to like what Taylor Pearson did. And I talked about him in the beginning. He gathers entrepreneurs and authors. My masterminds gather women and entrepreneurs who are parents. The more specific you can get, like we gather product people in tech that are VP of product or higher. The more specific you get, the better you can do on solving your specific challenges. Now, you don't need to be an entrepreneur or a business owner to benefit from a mastermind either. Parents can form groups to learn how to become better parents. Managers who want to elevate their leadership skills can come together in similar career trajectories. Or people who want to grow from, let's say you've been entry level for four years, and now you're ready to really like level up in your business, you can come together and say, I want to get together with a lot of people that are really ambitious and move up in our career fields. Um, Across it all, what's important is that you have a shared vision or a common ground with the other members. You want to be able to dig deep into your goals and have people understand where you're coming from enough to not provide like generic or unhelpful feedback or advice, but be able to talk to what you're going through from an outside perspective, looking in, but still understanding what it is that you're working through. I think so often we, we think that we have to do this alone, that... I have to work harder or take a course or be this this siloed person who if I only knew a little bit more, I would get a little bit further. If only I could unlock the next thing. And for me, one of the biggest unlearnings of the past decade has been this idea that I'm supposed to figure it out on my own. And it's quite frankly something I'm still learning all the time. It's hard. And investing energy in people and relationships doesn't always seem like when time is so limited, it seems like it can be something really hard to do. Why should I? I've got to finish this thing. I've got to ship this article. I've got to, there's so much work to be done. I don't have time to do it. And I think having people around to call on when you need it is one of the biggest investments you can make in your growth. They're the kind of people you call on to help you talk through tough decisions, people whose businesses and lives you become a part of, and you're as invested in their success as they are in yours. So some of the benefits that masterminds provide, I'll just share a list of the ones that I wrote down on Scratch, but there are so many more. But but they provide accountability, connection, 
networks beyond your own to tap into. So it's not just the six people that are in the room with you, but it's also their brains. If you're coming up with a problem and you really don't know how, for example, to hire somebody or how to work with a VA, it's not just your brain that's coming to solve it. Everybody listening can pop in and say, oh, you know what? I solved that recently and here's a blog post I wrote on it and I can introduce you to my VA. And it makes things, it's like lubrication for your business. Although I don't like the word lubrication, it just smooths things out a little bit. It's a trusted circle of colleagues, people to help you make decisions or at least help you see the full scope of the decision you have to make. Listening to other people go through puzzles is like an intense learning experience of none other. I I just, when I watch other people and how they go through the decision-making process and what they're evaluating, that alone makes me smarter in my business. It's a confidential space to discuss your challenges and problems and a, a laboratory to learn and experiment. And I think For me, you know, one thing that really helped me, kind of surprised me even, was that it was a reflection of my own wisdom and expertise. So when I was helping other people, I would kind of get a boost and say, oh, wow, I actually knew a lot about that kind of puzzle. That's really fascinating. And it reminded me how much I've learned over the past 10 and 15 years. And then it has provided me with some of the most long-term friendships and connections I've had. And there are people who, even if we're not masterminding together, I'll still text every once in a while and just be like, hey, what's new in your business? What are you working on? Are you going to this conference? And that kind of foundation is, I think, the basis for resiliency in both entrepreneurship and in parenting. I also really appreciate seeing inside the kitchen. It sometimes feels like everybody else's business is a, um, like you're in a restaurant and all you see are the finished plates. And you see all these beautiful plates and you're like, wow, all these meals look delicious. But you don't see what's actually happening behind the scenes and how much work it took to get there. And it's a chance to see inside and really learn from other people and and be with them during the parts that are really hard, the launches that don't work, the struggles, the frustrations, the family dynamics that make it harder for them to get work done, the late nights, the exhaustion, the perseverance, the breakthroughs and the moments of success become that much sweeter when you are able to to just be there with all of it and not be on the outsides, admiring everyone's work on the outside, but not really seeing how it's made. All right, let's talk about the specific structural and logistical steps for how to start your own mastermind. So at this point, I've probably sold you on the fact that a leadership circle or a mastermind is, it can be an amazing investment and can be something that maybe is missing from your life right now. Or maybe I've heard from lots of people that they also started their own masterminds and they loved it. I want to get this idea out to as many people as possible because I think that we constantly undervalue the importance of community and community effort in our success. And it's something in particular that hits women the hardest. We're somehow supposed to do this all alone. And the path of both parenting and entrepreneurship most decidedly cannot be done alone. You may be the only one that can carry your baby, or maybe not. But after that, build a village. That's something that's hugely important to me. And so this is a chance to build your village when it comes to the work that you're doing in the world. So how do you do it? What does it look like? 
I've written an article for Forbes about this. And if you're listening and you you later on, you're like, ah, I really want to know exactly what she said. I've written about this on Forbes with a step-by-step instruction kit. And it's also on our Startup Pregnant website. So enjoy the stories that I'm about to tell and the steps that I'm about to share. And then also know that it's all written out as well. And if you want to go read my list and get my notes, you can always go over to the Startup Pregnant website. But here's how you build it. First, decide how big you want your mastermind to be. I mentioned four to six people is a really great number. There's a couple of variations to this. I have led groups of eight to 10 people, and I break us down into subgroups. It requires a little bit more complexity because I break us up into smaller groups of three to four where you have your own private circle, and then we meet as a big group of 10 or 12 or like once a month, once we're all coming together. And then mid-month, they meet in their small groups. The other way that I've done this is I've formed mini masterminds one-on-one with people. So in a group of two, I have a couple of people, I do this with them individually, but sometimes I've reached out to people and I say, hey, I really love your expertise. I think our expertise is complementary. Like I'm doing this right now with um, a food science expert who knows all about plants and nutrition and holistic energy and just all sorts of things that I am fascinated by, but is not my training and area of expertise. And she wants a lot of help with, she just got a new job as a CEO and she wants a space to talk about what does it mean to lead teams and what questions should I be asking and how do I set this up and how do I grow and what questions do I ask when I hire? And so we're swapping expertise and every month we do one hour for her and one hour for me. And we do a peer-to-peer mastermind where we dedicate an hour of our time and our expertise to helping. It's been amazing. I've done it with a couple of different people. All of the rules I'm about to share with you apply exactly the same in both mini masterminds and in regular mastermind groups. So first, decide how big you want your group to be. I'd say six people. Next, create an intention or a goal. Your mastermind will serve a purpose. Get clear on what it is. Are you there to help people grow and develop and shape each other? Do you want to hold people accountable? Do you want a space to provide smart feedback? So I like to set an intention. This group is coming together for a year to support ourselves in the transformative power or path of motherhood. Or this group is coming together for a year to get insightful feedback on the products we're launching. Or we're getting together for six months to make sure we hold each other accountable to hitting this big goal that we have in the next six months. Third, invite the right people. Make a list of people that you would love to have in your mastermind. If you don't know the people yet, write a story about the type of person that you want. Make sure that you have shared interests and you're all at roughly the same growth area or a period in your life around the same, same phase. It's important to develop a criteria for the group so that you're able to speak at a higher level of expertise about this particular topic. You don't want everyone to look absolutely identical, but generally speaking, having a shared baseline is important. Next, this is optional, but step four is to write a call for requests, and that's to write out this description of who you're looking for. You might also, for internal purposes, write out who you're not looking for, who you don't want in your group. 
For example, you might be a consultant who is regularly making a low six-figure business income and you want to scale up to the high six figures or go to the seven figures. It might not make sense to invite somebody who's a brand new entrepreneur or who is just paying the bills or who works in a corporate job, for instance. Their expertise will be elsewhere and they're at a different phase in their business. It's important to get the right people in the room. They're the ones who are going to be giving you feedback on your most important projects and ideas. So whether you call it a mastermind or a leadership circle or a personal advisory board, developing that circle of people that you can get trusted advice from. A good barometer, a good metric is, would I trust and value this person's advice for me? And then write a job description for the type of people you're looking for. You can even circulate it. You can send it to five of your close friends or post it in some groups that you know and say, hey, I'm putting together a mastermind group for the coming year and I'm looking for the following kind of people and link to a Google Doc with a description of of what you are and how often you're meeting and invite people to apply or to email you. Get on the phone with them, have a chat. And that's how you can find some of the people. Step five, set a starting date and an ending date. This is so important. Set a start date and an end date. So many peer-led groups I've been in fizzle out because there is no end date. I find that six months is a really good time frame because it gives you long enough to get in it with each other, but it's also not so long that you weigh each other down, or if it's not working, you have to continue something for a really long time that isn't working. Be clear about the end date or the renewal date. Maybe you can say, I want to do this for six months. If it's working really well, we'll renew for another six months. Require intentionality. Make sure that people are going to be a part and they're going to be committed. Require attendance at a high level. Masterminds often fail when people don't show up or they repeatedly miss meetings. For this reason, a lot of the groups I've been in have an attendance policy. If you miss more than two meetings or you attend fewer than 80% of the meetings, you're automatically out. It's strict, but it's worth it. It shows that you're taking the work seriously and that you're taking yourself seriously. Also, add up the amount of money that's in that room. If you're working with seven-figure entrepreneurs and you have six of them in a room together for an hour or for 90 minutes and three people don't show, think about how many dollars you're wasting in the hours it takes to schedule and the people who have failed to commit. Commit to a regular and recurring frequency. I find a lot of success meeting either monthly or twice monthly every other week. Every week can be way too hard to schedule into an already full calendar. Once a month can be good for longer running masterminds and every two weeks is good for shorter running masterminds. And to save all of the scheduling headache, try your best to pick a recurring time rather than a new time every single month. So that was six and seven. Require attendance at a high level was number six. And number seven was commit to a regular and recurring frequency. Eight, decide on the technology and the structure in advance. Decide if it's phone calls, video calls, or what way you're going to connect. If it's in person, where it is, who hosts it, etc. Answer the question, how will you meet? I have a Zoom account that I use. I also like Google Hangouts, and I set up a recurring calendar invitation with a link to the room so that everyone knows where to join. Decide on the structure of the meeting. How much time will each person get? How long will the meeting be? 
And how will the conversation progress? I use a structure called Rosebud Thorn, and I also use another structure called Deep Dives. I am going to do later podcast episodes on how structures like that work. But figure out a structure for what questions you're going to answer and how you're going to share with each other. Rambling updates, not necessarily the best and the deepest use of your time. So figure out a structure for facilitating the meeting when it happens. Know that the person organizing it is doing a tremendous amount of work. So if you can't tell by now, the amount of work that goes into thinking about this, the logistics, the structure, the facilitation, the finding of the right people, the management of the meeting, the scheduling of the meeting, the figuring out what the meeting looks like, what questions you answer, who the group is, what the mission statement is, whew, you got it. All of that is a re- tremendous amount of work. So if you're organizing a free one for other people, you are doing the work in exchange for the benefit that you get. And I have invested a lot of time in my life in the early years to organize these groups for other people because I knew that the outcome was worth it. And now, in my later career, I organize paid mastermind groups. So one thing you might consider as well is if you're struggling with any of these steps, you don't know the right people or you don't want to organize it, you don't have the time to facilitate it, then consider a paid mastermind group. Many people begin to realize that paid masterminds offer a value beyond what they can construct themselves. The network effect of tapping into a group of seven-figure entrepreneurs. Or what's the value of joining a group that introduces you to your next agent, your next client, your next hire? Your time and energy might actually be better spent paying somebody else to do the organizing for you, provided they have the things that you want, the connections to the people, the network, the leadership, the facilitation, whatever it is. That's one of the reasons why I have paid to join groups in the past because I knew that the value of the people I would meet would be far higher than the cost of the program, even if the program was really expensive. And lastly, allow it to iterate. It might take a few rounds to really get into a rhythm. People might come and go. You might pick six people, two people might drop out. You might stick with four people and then add another person. It can ebb and flow, and you might massage the structure. You might go from 60 minutes to 90 minutes. You might realize twice a week is too much, and you want to do it every other or once a month. You'll know within a few months if it's working, and if it's not, iterate, tweak, maybe even scrap it and try again. Now, if the price of a paid program sounds like it's way beyond your means, especially in the early days of your startup or in the days of being a parent and realizing how much childcare costs, then use all of the tools I've outlined in this podcast episode and on the two articles I'll link in the show notes. Go through and figure out a way to construct your own. You can use it to build a group with your own elbow grease, your own network, and a little bit of grit. And the structure is all here for you to steal like an artist. It'll be worth it. I cannot, I'm stumbling over words right now, but I cannot overemphasize the importance of building communities around you, especially before you need them. And in the early days of parenting, one of my saving graces has been staying connected to other human beings. It's actually the reason why I started Startup Pregnant in the first place. I was so alone in the tech world and surrounded by boys at the startup and 
no one else I knew was becoming a parent. And I just craved, I craved other women to talk to and other women to be around and people to ask the silliest questions to and people who wouldn't mind if I shared my loftiest goals and my biggest dreams and posted my huge wins. And then the next day I talked about the strangest things that were happening to my body during pregnancy or the fact that we just had a poo explosion in our house because my toddler had poo come out the back of his diaper. It got all over my watch and we all ended up in the bathtub. I mean, for real, that actually happened yesterday. And I just needed a place to talk to everyone about it. So thanks for listening. As always, I hope these podcast episodes are really useful and helpful. I just, I have had so much fun being on the other side of this microphone and starting to take the time to put what I know and what I've learned over the past many years into a place where we can start to have a conversation about it. And I love, love that I get to talk to guests. It's yet another way to build community. And so I really am lucky to have this as my job. Um, And thanks for listening. All right, everyone, just a reminder that if you want to learn more about the mastermind we're putting together for Startup Pregnant, it's an amazing community support space for women to connect with each other about entrepreneurship and parenting. We're doing the beta round this summer, so you can find out a lot more about the program over on our website, startuppregnant.com slash mastermind. Get your name on the list so that I can send you information about it because we're putting together a small pilot group for a group of women this summer. We would love to have you there. And one more ask, if you are listening to this and you are enjoying all of these episodes, we are looking for more sponsors for the episodes. In particular, we are doing a campaign for listener-backed radio, which means you listening. If you want to contribute $5 or $10 a month because this podcast is meaningful and worth it to you, that actually makes a huge difference for us. We're doing a big campaign right now to keep going with all of our mini episodes, and we can't do it without you. We've got costs to cover and editors to pay for and a whole bunch of things that it takes to make this work. So this has been an experiment, the entire Startup Pregnant project. And if you want to see it keep going and you want it to keep growing, we would love your support. Every dollar helps in these early days, as you know, as a founder and as a business owner and as a mom. So if you've got any spare change and you want to contribute a cup of coffee our way, head to patreon.com slash startup pregnant. The link will be in the show notes as always. And it means a, a tremendous amount to us to have the support of so many of you already. We're trying to reach our goal to keep the mini episodes going. So um, go donate a cup of coffee and thank you in advance from the bottom of my heart because I love having these conversations and being able to bring this work into the world. And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. We send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.